0: I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Katherine Zox Show. And joining me today is Christy Whitman, a New York Times bestselling author. Her new book is The Desire Factor, How to Embrace Your Materialistic Nature to Reclaim Your Full Spiritual Power. Manifesting desires has never been easier than with Christy Whitman's newest book, which offers the tools for you to find happiness, abundance, and success. She proves that desire is the force behind every act of creation, and it is the mechanism through which everything in this boundless spiritual universe is made manifest into physical, tangible form. However, The true gift is not in acquiring our desires. It is the people we become in the process of allowing our desires to move through us. Christy's life-changing message reaches over 125,000 people a month, and her work has been promoted by and featured with esteemed authors and luminaries such as Marianne Williamson, Dr. Wayne Dwyer, Marshy Smirnoff, uh, and many others. She has appeared on the Today Show, the Morning Show, uh, People Magazine, Women's Day, Teen Vogue, and many other publications. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Christy. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. Okay, so desire, you're saying is the fuel for every act of creation. What does that mean?
1: Well, nothing really happens until there's a desire. Um, Think about it. You could be sitting on the couch, and until you have that desire to get up and to make yourself something to eat, nothing's going to get made, right? It's a desire that made you go into that kitchen. It's a desire that had someone, you know, all of a sudden thinking that, hey, I want to create a family. I want to get married. I want to create a family. And then things start moving in that direction. It's when someone creates that intention and they have that that desire, that's when things start to move. I mean, it's how heavens and earth were created because the divine had a desire for it. So nothing gets created in our world, in our lives, in our business, with the finances, with changing, with, you know, it's a, a desire to transform from feeling bad to good. That's when things change
0: you mentioned several desires then there's the desire I'm gonna quit my job and travel around the world like that's my desire or uh, you know all, maybe even loftier kinds of things that we desire but stuff gets in the way right that's what you say so we have this desire we want to do this I want to I, I want to lose weight but uh, so what happens that prevents us from a you know we have all these great ideas let's say we want to do something we want to, we have a desire but then then we maybe share that desire with somebody else and they put the kibosh on it then what happens cuz that usually happens <laughs> yeah so there's <laughs> yeah.
1: there's three there's three main obstacles for why people when they let's just talk about the receiving of a desire cuz that's the fun juicy stuff it's like when we get that idea and then we go oh. Oh, my God, I'd love to travel around the world, right? Oh, I'd love to have a baby, or I'd, lo- I'd love to feel better. I- I'd love to just be at peace with money, right? Those are desires. Oh, I'd love to have a Louis Vuitton handbag. Oh, I'd love to start my own podcast, whatever it is, right? It's that leaning into that idea that we then go, ooh, I love that. But there are three things that block that, ooh, I love that, to form and to continue to to feed us and fuel us and where we follow along with it. And that's our minds a lot of times. We have our own imprints that tell us that you can't do that or you're too old to do that. Ooh, that's too risky. What if you get hurt? You know, that whole, like, you've tried that before. You know, you're really bad at relationships. It's that voice that comes in and says that desire is not wrong. That's not a good desire. That's materialistic. You know, it's those, that voice in us that becomes the obstacle to that desire. Now, let me list them and then we can dive into wherever you want to go with these. The okay. second obstacle is you're so excited. You're so, you have such a conviction. You're, you're flowing with that desire. And all of a sudden, you tell someone about it, and they are like, what? You know, so that was me 15 years ago when I quit corporate America. And I told my mom, who didn't understand law of attraction or coaching or the internet or any of these things, I told her I've quit the corner office job with the you know nice title and the great salary, and I have become my own boss. I am my coach, and I'm going to move to Montreal with my boyfriend, and I'm going to coach from there on the internet. And she's like, what have you done, right? She thought I was crazy. And so every time, I was so convicted by following my passion, my purpose, and grateful I have. But at that time, when I was wobbly because I was just starting my own business and my own stuff was coming up, I had to really center myself in why I was doing this and how I felt abundant and, and knowing the truth that I am the creator of my abundance and with, with the, the divine, with the energy, and that if I can create that success in one aspect, I can create it in my own business. So I had to, you know, constantly be feeling that and creating that momentum of energy. But when I got on the phone with my mom, I had to really make sure to soothe her because she could be an obstacle coming into my, well, are you sure? Are you sure you shouldn't go back? Are you sure you shouldn't call them? And and so the, so the people we love and, and with good intentions can come from a place of, Oh, be careful. And then it, it, it kind of plays with our own energy. It mixes with our own energy. And then we start bringing in doubt. We start thinking on lack, we start worrying. And so that could be another obstacle. So you have ourselves in our own mindset. You have other people that could be an obstacle trying to talk us out of our desires, or you have the fact that our minds want to know how, and if it doesn't know the how, then it, it, Says it's not possible. Well, the desire factor shows everybody how because each desire is being guided by your divine and it shows you how to connect with your energy, your higher energy, to be able to flow with that. And so, what do we have to do as each human being, whatever and regardless of what the desire is, big or small, tangible, intangible? When we follow this process that is laid out in the desire factor, You get to know yourself, you get to know your desire, and you are given the inspiration. You're given the action step to take, and you take that first action with the fullness of who you are, and then the next appears, and the next appears. So the how is laid out for you.
0: All right, so let's talk about the how. You talk about the seven universal principles that make up the desire factor. Is that what we're talking about?
1: Exactly. So the first thing, and this is important for people to understand, like if you have a desire, no matter what it is, again, you'll use your, I want to quit my job and, you know, travel around the world as a desire, or even just go on a vacation. If you, if you, it's not going to be a big lofty goal, if it's it's going to be more of a, I want to go to Austria, right? Because like I've always wanted to go there, let's go to Austria. doesn't matter what the desire is. But if you feel the desire within you and your mind is being one of those obstacles is saying, you can't do that. How are you, how are you ever going to afford that? Who are you, you're, you're not in a relationship. Who are you going to go with? You can't go by yourself. It's not safe for a woman of da-da-da-da-da-da, right? It's like we talk, our minds do that. We talk ourselves out of the desire. We're out of alignment at that point. And so alignment is one of the very first principles because if you're wanting something and then you feel you can't have it, that's misery. I mean, that's suffering. The Buddhists talk about how desire is the root of all suffering. No, it's having a desire that you think you can't have is the root of all suffering. Because that's just torture. You want something, but you can't have it. You're aware that you want it. But but it it's just a belief. So aligning, you know, hearing yourself say those beliefs and those thoughts, aligning yourself with a, with a better feeling thought, aligning yourself with a thought or a belief that actually is, and in in, like that moves towards that, what you're wanting moves towards the desire. Like, for example, okay, if you, I just want to
0: ask you a question. I want to just before you go on, how do you know, Christy, that let's say your desire, perhaps as you're, you have a desire to uh, keep going back to, you know, quit your job and travel around the world. Maybe that isn't really the best thing for you to do um and so that when you think it through and you have your excuse, you know, I need the job, I need the money, I can't be, you know, I don't have anybody to go with all of those things. What if perhaps at that moment you should be paying attention to that? How does that fit in? Because it wouldn't be a good thing for you to do that or fulfill that desire at that time or in that moment.
1: So that's a great question. Even though that those voices are telling you that Right? Those are, those are things wanting to, what the mind is naturally designed to do and, and it wants to lay out for us all of the bad possible things that can happen and it has that logical reasoning, which we need as human beings. We need the logical part of us to help us make decisions and be informed and, you know, judge within ourselves. Is that good to walk down an alley at two o'clock in the morning in New York City? No, that's probably not the best judgment, right, to, to make that type of judgment. I'm going to go against my better judgment and say, ah, I'm not going, I'm going to be with someone at night, or I'm not even going to go out at night in New York, what, whatever, right? So we, we understand that there's that mechanism in our minds that have us knowing what's safe and not we're I'm not talking about go you know I have a desire and now I'm leaving tomorrow aligning yourself with the desire of just feeling what it will feel like to to have that experience you're not taking any action yet you're just aligning with yes I hear that that's probably not the best and probably not the safest it just would feel good to go to Austria it doesn't mean that, you know, when I go to Austria, it could be five minutes from now, a month from now, five months from now, five years. When I go to Austria, I'm going to have someone with me, right? So then that evokes another desire. Hey, I want to, I want to meet a good friend that I would like to go with. Or maybe I'm interested in now looking into having a partner. Maybe I'm now desiring to have a partner in my life, right? So when you hear these voices in your head tell you, it's not the best time, listen to it and go, yeah, I get that it's not the best time. And I still get to be excited because someday, I don't know when, when the timing is right, when the conditions are right for me, I'm going to go to Austria. And so you're, you're still focused on the desire and feeling into that desire. And you're yet listening to the contrast of what's coming up saying, yeah, I want, I you're right. Mind, that's telling me that it's not safe to go by myself. I want to travel with someone. I'm open to who that someone is. Now another desire has been birthed. So you're growing, you're expanding, you're not limiting yourself saying you absolutely cannot go ever, yet you're opening up to possibilities energetically, but you're not taking the plane right away. You know what I mean? You're not taking that action right away.
0: Okay so you are you then you're beginning you're saying opening up new desires you're exploring you're going forward with it you're not just cutting it off cutting off the feeling or cutting off the desire you're going forward exactly. with it Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Now I understand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. So, so next, it, it, that's, yeah, go ahead. In that ex- in that example, you know, that desire to go to Austria, for example, could have just evoked another three or four desires that the person didn't even realize that they wanted, and now they're open to it. Because some, I, I have lots of friends that are not married, don't have kids, and you know, they're very much work-oriented. And then all of a sudden, there comes that moment where I've seen one of my one of my friends go, "I think I'm open to a relationship," and then you know. They don't, she didn't meet the guy the next day, but within a, a couple of years, you know, met him, got married, you know, so that was an opening for her where she wasn't open to that desire before.
0: So we have, yeah. You know, and I, I think, uh, so do you think that with most people, probably that's why you wrote the book and that's why you're a coach, <laughs> but uh, many of us, it, it, we te- that's the tendency to, to cut ourselves off. And that's what we do. And then we're just cutting ourselves off from more and more desires and not really, uh, you know, exploring who we can be or do what we, you know, um, or be able to go forward and do what we want to do. We just automatically sort of cut ourselves off. That's that's a, I don't know if it's a cultural yeah. thing. Is it an American thing? Um uh,
1: it's, you know, it's an, it's an imprint thing, meaning that if my friend, for example, had, you know, past relationships, and she did, she had a very um, abusive relationship, so she had to let go of and realize that just because she had a relationship when she was young and she learned a lot from that abusive relationship doesn't mean that when she opens up to love again, it's going to be an abusive relationship because... We, think, we tend to think in our minds that, oh, if I open up to love again, then that's going to be just like it was the last time, which is going to end in bad and, you know, be hurtful or be this or be that. And so then we said, I'm good by myself. I don't have a desire for a partner. And instead of really looking at where are the limitations, what did you learn, what was the contrast from that relationship that gave you the clarity of what kind of relationship you now want to be in, with what kind of person you want to be in. All that has the opportunity to give us clarity from what our past experiences have been and and looking at it saying, okay, well, I don't want to repeat that. I don't want that. And then asking ourselves, what do I want? There's three questions that you can ask yourself in any moment when you're focused on the fact that you're not allowing yourself to desire when you feel limited and and how do you know that because you feel bad. When we limit ourselves and we're in lack, we feel bad. So if you check in with yourself and there's moments throughout the day, you might be a good-feeling person but have these moments where you kind of have a I feel bad, check in with yourself and ask yourself, okay, what do in this in the relation to this particular subject, could be money, love, bot, my body, whatever it is, what do I want? Why do I want it? And when you start to ask the why, you start to really – evoke feeling and you start shifting the energy and you then start to open up, but you're asking yourself why you want this and go deeper with the reason you want it. And it usually ends up to be a feeling word because I want to feel this. I want to feel free. I want to feel secure. I want to feel love. So what do you want? Why do you want it? How do you want to feel? And that's where the book then goes into how do you then conjure up, bring about in yourself a feeling that is available to you now when we only thought it was available when something happened. So I wanted that relationship. So I feel connected. I don't need to wait until I get that relationship to feel connected. I want to feel connected so I can feel connected now with myself and bring in that feeling or the feeling of joy or freedom, security, abundance, well-being, whatever that feeling is that we're assigning to something or someone else as a thing that's going to make us feel we feel it now, and now we're a vibrational match to it.
0: You know, you talk about, and I want to see how that what we've been talking about fits into this because I've seen you or heard you say that, and that, uh, you know, we rely on we as. Individuals off or do rely on external stability, and you talk about, say, this past year, the pandemic. Uh, the external stability that we relied on is no longer exists, and it's a new. It's kind of a new world order. It's going to be. It's not going. It's not the same. Everything's changed, and we've had a very challenging year. Um, so, how? Like, you know, the whole world has changed externally. So, what you're saying is. We can only, how, do, how does this sort of individual changes that we need to do uh, fit into what's happened to us externally Let's, during the pandemic?
1: Yeah, so I mean, during the pandemic, this was a time honestly for amplification and what was dormant in someone or or even activated but someone didn't know could be a fear of being alone. Now the pandemic happens and they're alone in their house. It's amplifying that fear of being alone or someone might be worried about money and then the pandemic hit and things happened and now they lost their job or they're working from home and they're not working the same, uh, you know, stable environment that they were in before. What we have to understand is that the external, will the external world that we know, the things that we see and taste and touch and smell and and relate with and have experiences with, those things will always change. Relationships change, you know, day to day changes. There's always that transition happening, whether it's a big transition or a small transition. It's always transitioning. The only thing that we have conscious control over is our own consciousness which makes up the words that we say, the language we use, and some words that we say are rooted in lack and limitation, leave us feeling constricted, leave us feeling bad. And the words that we say create more thoughts. The thoughts even create the words like what came what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? Did a word come first or a thought? It doesn't matter, both of them have an energetic impulse that goes out into the universe and brings and collects things back. So we have influence on what we say, what we think, what we believe, what we perceive, what we expect, what we feel, and then the actions that we take. Those, those five things, words, thoughts, perspective, emotions, and actions, these are what we have control over. What the President of the United States is going to do, nobody has control over that. What marching is going to happen and protesting, I, don't, I didn't have any control over that the pandemic, you know, I didn't have, what I did have control over was the way I thought about it. And there were a lot of people that I know, including myself, and and I have compassion for those that did not have this experience. That's why we wrote the book. And that's why, you know, all this, I enjoyed my last year. For me, it wasn't a bad year. My business did better. I got closer, even closer to my kids and my husband you know, we saved money because we weren't traveling and doing things. I mean, there was a lot of good that came you didn't out go to of Austri- it.
0: <laughs> you didn't go to Austria, I guess, right?
1: No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like I chose, there was a moment, I remember telling my husband, you know, it was like when we were in the midst of it and everything was closed down, restaurants, everything. And I said to my husband, I miss going on a date with you. And I went, wait a minute, that word miss is rooted in lack. It's like, that doesn't feel good. I'm like, you know what? I look forward to going on a date with you. And so he goes, let's go on a date right now. So we walked by in our community, sat in a grassy area, didn't take the dog, didn't take the kids and just sat and talked. And in that moment, it was like, when we get to go on like a bit, you know, a real date, because this is a fake date, of course, but when we go on a real date and we're going to go to a restaurant, where would we want to go? You know, we, don't, we didn't know when the restaurants were going to open. But we're like, where would we want of all the restaurants that we'd love to go to? What restaurant? And we got excited talking about the different ones. And then we decided on the restaurant. And then it became, do we want to go just the two of us? Or do we want to go and see couples friends? We haven't seen any couples friends. You know, who would we want to go with? And, and then it became this, you know, for me, it was like, ooh, what am I going to wear? You know, it became an event that I started looking forward to. I didn't know when it was going to happen. But it was something that, it was a desire that got me, life moving in me, got me, got me excited about possibility, rather than just sitting there going, when are the restaurants going to open? This, you know, I miss this. When's life going to return to normal? You know, it, it, it's, it's the way we perceive things and the way that we look at things. And all of that is in our control because we have free will.
0: I think that's so well said. That was my experience as well. As uh, my listeners know, I'm the grandmother of a set of twins. They went from two
1: Mm. to three
0: during the pandemic and four to five and lived with me and my son and daughter-in-law, and I viewed it as a positive experience. I will never have that experience again for that year, living with them and, yeah. and all the stuff that went along with it, rather than saying, well, oh, you know, they they have to do online learning and that's bad and, you know, focusing on all the, and we can't go here and we can't go there, but we are here and look what we're doing and this will never happen again. Uh, it, yeah, it, it, so I'm, I'm it, it, exactly, it's it's just how you view the situation. Um but there's so much i mean your book is important because there is so much negativity and i hear so many people well when are we getting back to normal is the, when the world is going <laughs> to be the same and when are we going to get back to work at normal and school it, well, we're never going back number one no matter what uh-uh. so yeah uh, it's it, it's really important i think your book is important and to take that perspective so yeah
1: It's it's funny when the pandemic was going on, um, there was a song that's been out for a long time from REM called "It's the End of the World," and the lyrics is "It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine," and that's just what people. We all have to understand is that what is normal. You know, we're always in transition. We're always we create our own reality, and the more that you become deliberate in that. The more that you are aware of how you are creating your own reality based on what you say, what you think, what you perceive, what you feel and the actions you take. I, I, I mean, 25 years ago, my life absolutely changed because I realized I was in a negative black mentality and I started to shift my thoughts. I started to shift my perspective and now my life is literally abundant and that that everybody has things that they can be grateful for and appreciative of, and everybody has something they can complain about. But where you put your focus and what you choose to do with your consciousness, whether praise something or condemn something, you're going to get more things to complain about. You're going to notice more things to complain about, or you're going to notice more things to appreciate and you're going to find and attract more things to appreciate. And so this message is important because there is a lot of people that did get rattled last year. And so it's now it's time to wake up and understand that you do create your own reality. And just if you don't know how the desire factor is one of those books that will literally help you understand the power that. that you
0: have. Yeah. One minute left. So let's tell them what website and or websites to go to, to buy the book number one, and to, yeah, more information about you as well.
1: Thank you so much. So you can go to thedesirefactor.com. It shows all the different places you can get the book. And you can also go to watchyourwords.com. I created a 30-day video program that tells you the words and phrases that you want to eliminate, why, and what to say instead, because it makes a huge difference. That's watchyourwords.com.
0: Great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Great information. Go to those Thank websites, so everyone. Much. Yes. Thanks, Christy. Christy Whitman. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show.